Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Friday edition of From the Boardroom to the Locker Room. And what a weekend we have in store for us this weekend. Lots to talk about. Let's get what will be Sunday's action out of the way first, and that's the motorsport action. It is, of course, the Monaco Grand Prix this weekend. It promises to be another exciting... No, I'm kidding. Monaco is never exciting. Whoever gets out in the lead is going to be in the lead, most probably at the end of the race, unless they get a puncture or crash into the wall. But as you would have heard, if you were with us when we spoke to Henkevut, our motorsport expert, it is one of those races, as I explained to him, my thought process, like trying to do a U-turn with a tractor in your dining room. The reason I say that is because it's what they call a point and squirt circuit. It's one of those tracks, street track, of course, and uh, the street track is um, very tight, very narrow, no runoff areas whatsoever. And if at the speeds they travel, you even just touch the wall, you are going to be in a lot of trouble. And that, of course, is what we're expecting from the cars. So whether whoever qualifies tomorrow in pole position will obviously be in the pole position to win the Grand Prix. The king of Monaco, of course, Ayrton Senna, won it six times. Graham Hill, the father of Damon Hill, won it five times. And uh, those are the top drivers with regards to the Monaco Grand Prix. It's all very different, of course. Uh, the podium, the Royal Box. Royal Box is a bulletproof box where the Royals sit. And they, of course, will be watching some of the drivers who actually live in Monaco. So it's almost a home race for a lot of them. One of them, of course, Charles Leclerc, as we spoke about the other day. He, of course, has had a terrible time of uh, his uh, racing at Monaco. And as he's mentioned in many interviews, to walk the streets to go to school. So he knows the track extremely well. Fernando Alonso, though, will be a threat to Red Bull's unbeaten run for the Formula One title Sunday's Grand Prix. That's according to Sergio Perez. The champions Red Bull have won all five races so far, four of them with one, two finishes. But the tight and twisty street circus, the slowest on the calendar, gives rivals a fighting chance. But they can't overtake Alonso, whose last win was over 10 years ago with Ferrari, has finished third in four races this season and is the best of the rest after Red Bull's championship leader, Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez. That's the Grand Prix on Sunday. Also on Sunday, um, if you are a fan of the motor racing in the United States, it's uh, arguably one of the most famous motor races, along with the Monaco Grand Prix, which happens to be the same day almost every year as the Indianapolis 500, which, along with the Le Mans 24 Hours and the Monaco Grand Prix, is the triple crown um, of motor racing. If you can win all three, you go down in history. So Indianapolis, um, it's uh, known as Indy, the Indy 500. Indianapolis, the capital of the most populous city in the United States of Indiana, at the seat of the Marion County, and uh, 977,203 people live there. But about 900,000 people go to the race weekend. That's 400,000 on practice and 500,000 on the actual day of the race. It's a 2.6-kilometer, one-mile racetrack, 500 laps. That's what's called the Indy 500, 500 laps of the track. And it is one of those races that's 
You can be lost going into the last five laps of that race and still win it. It's also uh, raced on what's called the Brickyard. They go over a section of bricks that were there from the original track. It takes place this Sunday, and uh, it'll be the 107th running of the race. Marcus Eriksson is a defending champion. Alex Palau, the Spaniard, is on pole. And the top three drivers all broke the fastest time ever set for qualifying, 234 miles an hour. Incredible. Pato Award is the 5-1 to one favorite for the race, and it's the 2023 Indianapolis. So 500 odds from the bookmakers. Palau at 23-4, to four. Scott Dixon at 7-1, to one. Alex Rossi at 9-1, to one. but anybody, anybody can win it. You want to put a bet on somebody, well, I guess uh, you might want to go with one of the sort of outsiders, if you like, in the race. It's going to be a great spectacle. It always is the singing of the national anthem, those famous words, no longer gentlemen start your engines because they're ladies in the race, so it's drivers start your engines and that roar of those cars as they get away off the grid in the the start of the race. Of course, a rolling start, as I say, an absolute spectacle. Indianapolis 500 on Sunday evening. Those are the two big motor racing events of the weekend. Then, of course, uh, let's talk rugby because it is a big, big, big weekend for rugby. Let us start, though, with the Curry Cup, which, of course, a couple of games have taken place this afternoon. The Griffins and the Sharks played in the Western Province and the Lions played. That game is still underway at the moment. Tomorrow, the Cheetahs take on the Griquas and the Pumas take on the Bulls. Hoppers won for the Cheetahs. 25-4 to four for the Pumas-Bulls game. The table looks like this. The Cheetahs are top with 38 points, along with the Celsius Sharks. They also have 38 points, 11 matches played. The Pumas, 35 points. The Western Province, 31 points. Greek was 28, 27 for the Bulls and 26 for the Lions. So from positions three all the way down, in fact, most probably four, five, six, and seven, is where the fourth-place team is going to be with regards to the playoffs for the competition. The uh, fixtures, as I mentioned to you, this week and next week, uh, and then, of course, we get down to the nitty-gritty of the competition. The 9th of June, the last round of matches, 9th and 10th of June, and then on to semifinals and finals for the oldest rugby competition in the in the world, basically, yeah, it is actually the oldest competition in the world. Lots of uh, history with regards to the Curry Cup competition, but the attention and the focus will be on one stadium and one stadium only. That, of course, is the Cape Town Stadium tomorrow afternoon at half past six for the. Vodacom United Rugby Championship Grand Final between Munster, coached by Graham Roundtree, and Dobbo, John Dobson's Stormers. Lots of personal challenges, a positional switch to the Munster side that won away to Leinster two weeks ago. The return of R.G. Snayman, huge influence as a starter in the Munster win against the Stormers in April. Um, instead, South African is playing off the bench, like from the bomb squad. RG's a World Coast player, but Tag Byrne was exceptional in the semi-final, and Graham Brown, he said he will stay 
as the starter. Not many teams can bring a player like R.G. Snayman off the bench. It's a bomb squad type selection. Indeed, Snayman was, of course, the core member of the Bok replacement bench that introduced the term bomb squad to rugby in the last World Cup and will be charged with replicating that role in the final. He will, of course, come up against a couple of his old teammates uh, in the Springbok side. We'll talk about them in a moment. The changes, though, are at the back. Jake Crowley, who kicked the winning drop goal against Leinster, moves from inside centre to fly half. It allows Malakai Fikitao to slot back into the number 12 jersey to partner Antoine Frisch, while Nash comes in on the wing and joins fullback Mike Haley and the powerfully built winger Shane Daly in the back three. The last time Munster were in the Cape, they inflicted the first defeat the Stormers had suffered since 2021 on their home field. And the Munster skipper Peter O'Mahony believes that experience will be helpful. They've got a mammoth task to Munster, though, because they come up against the team of this and last season. So the DHL Stormers, with their captain, Stephen Kitchoff, who will be playing his last game for the Stormers. Well, the last three weeks have been his last game for the Stormers, but they've continually won. No attempt on the part of either the DHL Stormers captain or coach to play down the importance and significance of tomorrow's final. He says the coach last year was huge and, of course, an important game, but they were playing the Bulls, so it always felt, in a way, a South African derby, the final of a local competition and the continuation of a rivalry that's been around for many, many years, about 80, to be honest with you. This time, they're representing South Africa against a giant of Europe. Munster is steeped in history, and they're one of the world's biggest teams. And just three hours to sell 55,000 tickets for the DHL Stadium, and there is much expectation around the game. If you look at big games in Stormers history, the only time they've reached the final in Super Rugby was when it was in Soweto in 2010, and that game was also against the Bulls. The men and uh, Black, and I'm not uh, disparaging about this, did not make the final in 1999. They lost the semi-final to the Highlanders, so he has no doubt that this one is the biggest ever. And it is, of course... An opportunity for North versus South, not North versus South, South Africa-wise, Northern Hemisphere versus Southern Hemisphere. And, of course, a rivalry that goes back a long time, too, between the Springboks and the Irish. And perhaps those are the two favourites going into the Rugby World Cup. The Irish, of course, the number one team in the world. The defending champions are the Springboks. So, big game tomorrow, as I say, sold out. I can tell you that we have had some horrific weather in the Cape over the last couple of days. It has been raining most of the day today. Uh, it's rained a lot on Thursday, and it bucketed down Wednesday night into Thursday morning. Um, and there was already problems with the pitch, so I wonder how it's going to stand up. And that is a negative for the Stormers because, of course, they have that hugely powerful scrum as well as those very speedy backline players. Who are going to be the keys? Well, I think up front, Stephen Kitchoff is most probably going to be the key in his role as captain, looking after the team. And most definitely, Manny Libok, who's had an outstanding season so far. He's not missed a kick almost throughout the whole season and playing, of course, on his home turf. There will be most probably 54,990 supporters of the Stormers and maybe they're scattling Irish fans in the stadium tomorrow afternoon. I will be there. I'm sorry to make you jealous. I will be there. And I will most definitely be not only bringing you a match report, but also a report on the atmosphere and what it's going to be like in that stadium tomorrow with 55,000 people.
So, what does the Stormers team look like? Fullback, Damien Willemse, Angelo Davids, Ruanel, Dan Duplessis, and Lionel Zuss are the backs. Mani Libok and Herschel Yankees, the halfback pairing. Evan Roos, Achiva Diamani, Dion Faree, and Marvin Ori. Huge for Dion Faree to be back in the side. Ruben van Heerden and Franz Malharaba with Joseph Dwebe hooking between Malharaba and Kitschoff. Not the most powerful bench, but then They've done so well, the Stormers. JJ Kotzer, Ali for Mark, Nietling for Shear, Ben, Jason Dixon, Philly Engelbrecht, Marcel Tennyson, Paul DeVette, and Clayton Blomakis. Some very, very strong men and very fast men in the back. But don't count out Munster. Leinster did at their peril. Munster against the Stormers in the final of the United Rugby Championship tomorrow. As far as the cricket this weekend is concerned, we are very quickly drawing towards the English season as the IPL season starts coming to an end. There is, in fact, on as we speak between the Titans and the Mumbai Indians. That's qualifier number two to see who will play the Chennai Super Kings in Sunday's park. Not too sure what you're going to do if you're a motor racing fan, a Premier League fan, and a cricket fan, because just cancel anything that you were planning on doing on Sunday. Nice roast for lunch. The girlfriend, the wife, the mom and the dad, whatever, look after them till about three, opposite two, in fact, quarter to two or so. And then Grand Prix, followed by cricket, followed by Premier League, followed by Indy 500. Oh, it's a sports person's dream. So the other crickets, of course, coming up in the next uh, couple of days and a big uh, weekend. English cricket gets underway as well. The Irish are playing against the English. Then, of course, Australia are making their way as well to the United Kingdom for their tour. And, of course, the Ashes coming up as well. So that promises to be a wonderful, wonderful uh, tournament which always very well supported and lots and lots of great stuff there. Okay, tennis-wise, on Sunday, it's the start of the French Open and the seedings. Novak Djokovic could face world number one Carlos Alcaraz, but only in the semi-final of the French Open. Both players were placed in the same half of the draw. Djokovic chasing a record 23rd men's Grand Slam title in the absence of the injured Rafa Nadal who misses the tournament with Roland Garros for the first time since his 2005 title-winning debut. The third seed of Djokovic, the Roland Garros champion in 2016 and 2021, meets the 114th-ranked Alexander Kovacic of the United States in the first round, the first French Open since 1998 without Nadal or the now-retired Roger Federer. Djokovic will turn 36 on Monday and has been bothered by a recurrence of a right elbow injury which disrupted his play court season. He failed to go beyond the last eight at any of the three events he played on clay, losing his world number one spot to Carlos Alcaraz. Now, as far as the ladies' tournament is concerned, two-time champion Iga Swiatek begins her title defense against Spain's Cristina Buxa, the world number 67, who was beaten by the pole in the third round of the Australian Open this year. The top-ranked Swiatek, bidding to become the first back-to-back women's champion at the French Open in 16 years, is coming off a thigh injury which forced her to retire in Rome. She seeded to meet the 2022 runner-up Coco Goff in the quarterfinals and could face the Wimbledon champion Elena Rybakina 
Last week's Italian Open winner in the last four. Rybakina has beaten Sviatek three times this season, knocking her out of the Australian Open and Indian Wells before advancing when injury halted her rival in Rome. Now, Barbara Klitschikova, the 2021 winner, could await Sviatek in the last 16. The Czech lost in the first round a year ago. Lots and lots of tennis action coming up. French Open starting on Sunday. Okay, let's talk final day of what has been a remarkable, remarkable, remarkable Premier League season. The top four have been decided. First and second is secure. Third and fourth, well, it might still go to Newcastle or Manchester United, but there's a guarantee of one of those two teams finishing third, the other one finishing fourth. Liverpool now in fifth place cannot catch the two of them after last night's demolition of Chelsea by Manchester United by four goals to one. I don't know what is going to happen at Chelsea because they really, really have had the most wretched season that I can imagine in years. Last night, as I say, beaten by four goals to one by Manchester United, Marcus Rashford, Bruno Fernandes, Anthony Martial and Casemiro scoring. Jose Felix scored in the 90th minute, basically, to bring a goal back for Chelsea. But by then, the game was long gone. In fact, it was long gone after six minutes after Casemiro scored early for Man United. So, what does the table look like? Let's talk bottom of the table because there is three possibilities um, with three teams left fighting out for one place. When I say that, Everton, Leicester and Leeds, all three could still stay up and all three can still go down. Everton are in pole position with regards to their position at the moment. They have 33 points. Everybody's played 37 matches. The last match of the season on Sunday, all matches started off as five, played at the same time. So Everton, 33 points. Leicester City, 31 points. And Leeds, 31 points. Leicester City have that additional point, if you like, by virtue of the fact that they have the best of the worst goal differences, which gives them that extra point. They're minus 18. Leeds are minus 27 and Everton are minus 24. In 16th place, Nottingham Forest, game set and match, they safe. They will be in the Premier League next year, which is marvellous for Nottingham Forest fans. Everton, Leicester and Leeds. So a draw for Everton will take them to 34 points. A win for Leicester and Leeds will take them both to 34 points. You're going to have three teams on 34 points. But as I say, in that situation, Leicester City would be safe because they would have the worst of the best goal difference. Unless they lost, then they wouldn't get 34 points. If, however, Everton win, it doesn't matter what Leicester City and Leeds do, they will be relegated along with Southampton. So Everton have a lot to play for. A win for Everton, and they will be in the Premier League next year. They've never been relegated from the Premier League, and they have one of the best records in the history of the Premier League. The fixtures. So let's have a look at the fixtures. When we get to the teams I've been talking about, we'll discuss them. We start off with Aston Villa against Brighton and Hove Albion. Magnificent performance by Brighton and Hove Albion. First time in their history they are in Europe next year. They will be absolutely delighted. Their fans were singing to the rafters the other night, and they travel away to Aston Villa, who will be happy with their season. It didn't start off great. 
but they've done exceptionally well. Aston Villa will be delighted. Festive atmosphere, I'm sure, at Villa Park tomorrow. I wonder what the atmosphere is going to be like at the home of the Gunners. Arsenal, they threw it away, didn't they? 138 something or other days at the top of the table, and then hmm, they've come second. They play Wolverhampton Wanderers. Nothing to play for with regards to either of the two teams. Arsenal are safe in second. Wolves are way out of the relegation zone now. So hopefully the Arsenal fans will come out and cheer their team, give them the rousing support that they deserve. Nobody, I think, would have dreamed that they would have got as close as they have, but they will be very disappointed to have let it slip in the last month or so. Everton, Goodison Park will be rocking. It will be rocking, 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 like a rock concert at Wembley. But it won't be at Wembley, it'll be at Everton. They play Bournemouth, have to win, as I mentioned, and if they do, guaranteed to stay up and the other two teams go down. Chelsea against Newcastle. Well, poor Chelsea. Uh, their season just can't get any worse. Newcastle season pretty much can't get any better. So they've had a wonderful season there in Europe next year in the Champions League. A win for them. They're guaranteed to play in the main draw without having to go and play against a team made up of butchers, bakers and candlestick makers. I would guess Newcastle should cruise against Chelsea. Although... As the last home game and what might be the last game for many of those Chelsea players in the blue of Chelsea, maybe they'll put up a spirited fight. Crystal Palace against Nottingham Forest. Palace have had a great season, especially since Roy Hodgson came back. They play Nottingham Forest, who are safe after their victory last week against Arsenal. That should just be an entertaining game to watch. Southampton against Liverpool. Well, there's nothing to play for for either of these sides. Liverpool cannot make it into Champions League action next season. And Southampton are relegated. So I expect a rousing display by Southampton as they bid farewell to the Premier League. Leicester City against West Ham. All Leicester fans, those Foxes fans, will have radios glued to their ears, cell phones in in front of them, watching scores from all the other matches as they have to win, irrespective of what goes on in the other matches. If they don't, they are relegated. Manchester United will hopefully be given a rousing send-off from their fans. I guess they'll play a depleted 11 Sunday in the last game. Of course, next weekend have the FA Cup final to worry about. So I guess Manchester United will have a weakened side, if you like, up against Fulham. Nothing to play for. They're guaranteed fourth place. And I can't see Newcastle slipping up at Chelsea. And then Brentford will be hosting Manchester City. I guess Manchester City will do the same as Manchester United. They've not only got the FA Cup final next weekend, they've also got a Champions League final in which they need to keep their players fresh and ready. Brentford will be wanting to send the bees, they send their players off, their fans off with a win over the champions. And then Leeds United against Spurs. Spurs have led, I can't tell you how many games this season and have not come away with a win. A lot of changes, I guess. They will be looking for a new manager, I guess, at the beginning of next season. A lot of talk that Harry Kane is going to be moving out of Spurs, going to Manchester United. There's a couple of other players whose names are up for perhaps transfers to other teams. Leeds, of course, in the same situation as Leicester. The Everton result, of course, is going to count in their favour or against them. If Bournemouth can beat Everton, Leeds win and Leicester draw or draw or lose, Leeds would stay up, Everton and the Leicester City side would go down. But if I were a betting man, which I'm not, I would guess that uh, Everton are going to stay up, Leicester and Leeds are going to join Southampton in 
Championship, as it's now called, for next year. I will be back on Monday evening to give you all of the exciting sporting action, whether it's from Monaco, whether it's from Indianapolis, whether it's from Old Trafford, whether it's from Goodison Park, the Emirates Stadium, wherever it might be. Roland Garros, my goodness, what a sporting weekend we are looking forward to. And don't forget, of course, the IPL as well. And left the best for last, have I? I'll be in the stadium, hopefully, cheering on the Stormers to victory over Munster to defend the United Rugby Championship. But whatever it is you do, whoever you do it with, be kind to each other. Until Monday, bye for now.